And we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football and Game Source. We truly appreciate you joining us for those great shows as well. Plus also Lakerholics.com. Laker Tom, you know he's giddy as a schoolboy when he's going to go ahead and tell you about it tomorrow at 10 a.m. for Lakerholic Spotlight. But join him and Jamie Sweet right there, <laughs> right there for you at Lakerholics.com. Plus also as well, Joe Soro, Lakersball.com. It's Oxide 47. You know they're all up in an arms over Max Christie's best performance by far of the year. I don't know if he'll be able to top it. Let's hope he can. But Lakers Ball is excited. And go ahead and join them and Oxide T47 LakersBall.com. Plus also, of course, our good friends, Empire Jeff TV, Daniel Barry Sports Highlights, who's actually made a comment right below. Also as well, go ahead and check out what John McCallion and, of course, Lakers and Five are doing as well. And, of course, we have a brand new sponsor. That's right. A brand new sponsor for little while to see if they like us and if we like them. We tried it out. Actually, Magic Man did. He has liked it. It's called Magic Mind. That's right. If you want a supplement today, a supplement that hopefully will help you crush procrastination, crush brain fog, although Joe has, still has some brain fog, hopefully this will help it, and boost your motivation and focus Go ahead and check out magicmind.com. Absolutely, really a look, good-looking supplement. Magic has already tried it. He has liked it. He'll tell you more about it when he goes ahead and talks on the air. But I wanted to tell you right now, we have a special code for you. If you like what you see when you go to magicmind.com, you check it out. You're thinking, you know what? I might need a 15 or a 30 bottle set. I think I'm going to go ahead and order. If you order today, or if you order anywhere down the line while we're still an active member with them and while they're still an active sponsor with us, and use the code LAKERS20, that is LAKERS20, LAKERS and the number two and the number zero, go ahead and get that today. You put that in the code as far as upon your checkout, and you get 20% off your order. Order of 15 or 30 bottles right there for you. I tried it out myself, saw the code, works great. Go ahead and check it out today, magicmind.com. Also as well, don't forget to subscribe. Please like and subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. No Limit 754, $5 right there for us on the Super Chat. Thanks so much for doing it. Truly appreciate it. Had a lot of fun on playback. Glad they fed AD down the stretch and no more late LeBron's threes, please. Yeah, he was really off on his threes today. He was the old LeBron there. But the Lakers, though, they came into this four-game road trip on the road in a familiar surrounding for LeBron James in and around the Ohio area in Cleveland as he came home to the place he's found former glory with. How would he do today? Well, he did play with a lot of energy. He did play with a lot of vigor, but unfortunately his shot was off today. So we're kind of worried, but the Lakers offensively everywhere else was pretty good because AD 
they finally found and noticed him in the second half. 32 points and 13 rebounds, three block shots. Max Christie with the game of his season, probably his young career, 12 points, five rebounds, three assists, and some key defense against Mitchell right there for you. So hopefully he will continue the good stretch of defense like he played against Donovan Mitchell today. But for the most part, the defense was missing on both ends of the floor because these two teams seem to be able to score on each other inside at will in the key especially in the first half. The Lakers continually down by, well, one, three, five, seven, finally got the upper hand in the fourth quarter and pulled away just enough despite a terrible overturn, absolutely terrible overturn on a call by the rest where he was fouled by Evan Mobley. I don't know. I thought hands on the back was still a foul. I guess... It isn't when you're, it's LeBron. So I guess that doesn't count. And the Lakers still, even though they gave up an eight point lead and brought, got it down to one, the Cleveland Cavaliers could not finish it off. And the Lakers pulled away enough to go ahead and escape Cleveland with a 121 to 115 victory. Christian Wood, I want to give him some props. He shot well in the first half, and the Lakers completely forgot about him the rest of the game. Darvin Ham sat him down for some unknown reasons, just couldn't get really figure out why, and he just got cold from there and found it, could not find his rhythm for the rest of the game. But he did start off the first half really well with 13 points. Jackson Hayes, 5 of 5. They found him on several lobs, plus 14 and 10 points on the day for him. And Austin Reeves, a little bit shaky here and there, 15 points and 10 assists. D'Angelo Russell did not shoot well, 10 points and 5 assists on 4 of 12 shooting. Torian Prince, 7 points and 6 assists from him, another ho-hum game. But yes, Max Christie, big key. We talked about him finally having to have a big game after 15 games and now finally, 60, I'm sorry, 17 games and finally he did it. And here today to go ahead and discuss that his great performance ad finally turning it up in the second half and the lakers finding just just enough defense just enough defense to go ahead and pull out the win it's a good man indeed it is a guy so great a part of what we're doing here at the lakers fast break and the guy who has tried magic mind remember magicmind.com lakers 20 to get 20 percent off your order today it is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. And Magic Man, great to have you here. You've been really uh, hitting the Magic Mind, getting your brain focused, watching the game. How was it for you watching the game today against the Cavaliers? Well, <clears throat> I kind of had an epiphany during the game, Gerald, as I was watching it. And uh, I'm not sure if that's uh, completely attributable to Magic Mind, but... Uh, I'm taking it right now, so I can't say I would have had it without it. <laughs> but that I, might being... have, I think I needed it during the game because <laughs> it was really irritating me the way the Lakers were giving up so many interior points. It, w- it, it was, Gerald. It was. And um, if I may, I think I hit the nail on the head uh, because <laughs> um, I, I think I've finally figured out what ails the Lakers like sig- 
like the primary problem defensively and Gerald, it's that little space between the top of the 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 top of the key and the nail. That's where we're getting destroyed. Um I think it's a combination of a couple of things. One is that we're missing Jared Vanderbilt and you're also missing Cam Reddish tonight. Those two guys specifically themselves can can try and hinder or or uh, obscure dribble penetration by the angles they can take and the length that they have. So that's missing. Uh, another problem that we've seen is that guards are very willing to live with Anthony Davis coming up to hedge and recover if it means that there are poor defensive rotations. And that was what was happening for the first two and a half quarters, Gerald. Uh, the Lakers were up 78-73, Gerald. And I'll take you back to that sequence, okay? The Cavaliers went on a 10-0 run before LeBron made, uh, made a layup. Lakers are up at that point are down 83-82, come back, pull, uh, get an 88-85, Cavs go on another run. Cavs go on a 7-0 run. After that, Darvin Ham calls a timeout, Gerald, and I'm not sure what he did, but Max Christie really tried to play as good nailed defense as a Laker guard has played all year. He really tried to deny that dribble penetration. Hats off to Max Really played gutsy today, and he he tried to he tried to keep up with uh, Donovan Mitchell from ninety four feet. Gerald, uh, the on ball pressure was pretty good. Yeah, he had some trouble with the with the big trees trying to get a around screen. Gerald, but who doesn't with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen? I mean, that's a problem. Well, we talked about this with Reddish and Christie, my friend. You know, Reddish, how many games did it take before he finally clicked on offense? A long time about uh, eight, eight, uh, games. eight games. Yes. Yeah. So it's the 17th game of the season, and Christie finally has a good game. I don't know if that's a great ratio, one to 17, but you know what? He did show up today. He played well on Spider. Spider was coming back off the injury, so people are saying he's rusty. You could say what it is, what it not, but yeah, Christie played well regardless. Uh, he shot just well enough to go ahead and and be a distraction on the offensive end for them and and the fact is on defense he did play well enough to go ahead and and give spider a good day but my god about time after 17 games he played finally a good game this season absolutely gerald and on top of that um the the um cherry on top was the fact that max Struess was getting open when he was guarded by austin reeves yet cleveland was not really looking for him as much as I thought they would, Gerald. They picked um, on Austin at times, but not They as did, as they yeah. Should. You're right. I mean, Bickerstaff uh, was spotty with it, but I thought um, to uh, to uh, address what you said, Gerald, I thought they would have done it a lot more, but Str- Struess was able to get open. Um, Austin's still having trouble, uh, as we could see, with, with just getting, ar- getting around that uh, – that, um, that pick there, I mean, Struess was was open for a good second and a half um, when he hit that corner three to when it, the Cavs made it uh, 113-110 for the Lakers. Uh, but other than that, you, you know, it, it, it 
it was passable. The yeah. the the defense after that timeout was passable for about 17 and a half minutes. They played really well. And um good on Darvin Ham for adjusting there because without Reddish, without Vanderbilt, and um you can't really you can't really play any junk defense because you don't really have that one guy you could sick on the best perimeter player. It's hard to play a hybrid defense, especially especially with D'Lo and Austin being slow-footed. So that's out. You can't really play diamond one or box one. That's so his hands are tied with what he could do schematically with Reddish out. So, but they did their darndest. They got the win. I was happy about it. I was really worried in that fourth in that first quarter drilled when it's 40-35. I thought, oh my goodness, is this happening again? When it comes to it, great game by Max Christie. You know, a lot of credit to him. But you guys are just going off, you know, this like in playback, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. And here they're just like a Max MVP, MVP. It's like, come on, guys. One game. You know, yeah, it's one game. As, as Laker Tom would tell you, it's just one game. If he needs to do this on a regular basis, when you put him in there for 15, 20, 25 minute shots like he's given getting lately, he needs to do this on a consistent basis. Hopefully, we'll take this as the confidence booster, which we talked about during the course of the summer league. He played with confidence. He played with control. He played under control. He played with confidence. He played with with the kind of fervor. He played like he was he was there, like the game was slowed down to him and he could easily go ahead and manipulate what no, was he, going on. Yeah, he looked like a basketball player tonight. He looked like he fit in. Now tonight we're trying to do. It's the first time he's looked anywhere near that since that first preseason game. So definitely a great sign that that hopefully he could take that going forward and absolutely go ahead and be able to use this as a confidence booster because he is a free agent at the end of the season. So let's hope he can do that. I know that, uh, you know, at the very end, Magic Man, and I'll get it to Joe here in a second, but I know that at the very end that not everybody was liking the three-guard lineups, but Max was playing well. If you want to have your two experienced ball handlers out there with LeBron and AD, that's something you have to deal with is that they're going to have a guy like that out there like that instead of maybe a Torian Prince or someone else comes with the territory with him uh it's a nice uh tumbler you got there sir thank you i was showing kurt affair uh my drink <laughs> well, staying on the topic guys but magic man again max christie needs to use this as a confidence booster going forward my friend really absolutely, absolutely gerald yeah hopefully it's it's a springboard for him and not uh uh, one hit wonder. I agree. Uh, it better be not 17 times before he oh, has gonna, a game like this. Well, game. guess guess what? If Cam Reddish is not ready to go on Monday, guess what Hughes Simon he gets, Gerald? He gets guard Maxi. Yes. Tyrese Maxi. So yeah. we're gonna see how much uh he's learned and how much confidence he's got because that kid can light up anybody. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. 
Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I don't feel like that people have done that as much, especially with this international release. You can get it out there right now. I know you can get it out there, but it, it feels like this time last year, people have just been like, oh, you can get the cell phone copy, version you know. that was taped somewhere where it's like, you know, <laughs> shell shaky has some dude or some family that's walking right in front of you as they're finding their seat with the popcorn already in hand. No, you know, come that, on, you, really? yeah, that version is already available. Yeah. But I mean like with a mono I, sound, there you go. Oh God. Yeah. That's, that's the worst part. You only get sound on the left ear, yeah. not the right ear. Something like that. You can find that version already. If you really want it. That's the pop culture Cosmo show. And the PCC multiverse. Catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week. And wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 121 to 115. They go to 10 and seven on the year. Also here today, good man indeed. It is the guy that here, along with Laker Nick, was a great part of our playback.tv slash Lakers fast break coverage. A big shout out to Laker Nick, who stopped by for the pregame and playback. It is Joe Sorrell, big smile right there, even though he didn't have it most of the game because it was very irritating to watch on the defensive end. This team, who has provided pretty good defense for the most part for the most of the season, decided not to go ahead and utilize it today. Kept us nervous. But yet... Did just enough, Joe, offensively, finally recognized AD. AD was very assertive in that second half, and despite a off-shooting game from LeBron, got the job done. The frustration during the game was exhausting uh, to the point where I had said on playback that I was tired of listening to myself complain. Reminded me of that movie, As Good As It Gets, when... Jack Nicholson goes in to talk to Greg Kinnear and they're talking about their ailments and he, Greg Kinnear's character is talking about how he's lost. Very underrated actor, by the way. I mean, he came out the gate on that one pretty, pretty well. That was his first big role and got an Oscar nod for it. But, you know, he's just sitting there. He's just like, you barely have enough energy to have the will to complain. I was running out of gas complaining the whole time to the point where I was trying to say to myself, "Is it, this is what is going on everywhere, right? It's not just in LA. And yet this is the most efficient way to play basketball? I think that's probably what's exhausting about this. Is this the most efficient way to play basketball? Like you're a bunch of hyenas running around like a bunch of jackals? I just don't expect it. When you've got an AD, when you've got uh, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, you know, that last year they were known specifically for their defense, and so were the Lakers, known specifically for their defense, guys. To see them going head back and forth like this, I expect it if they're playing Indiana, but I don't expect it when they're playing Cleveland, especially Cleveland, who is very much, for the most part, an offensively challenged team, Joe. Yeah, I don't know necessarily if that means anything anymore. Uh, an offense obviously doesn't. Yeah, it, it, they still scored forty points in in the first uh, quarter, and they scored seventy one points in the first half. The Lakers did tighten up the defense enough to hold uh, hold the team to forty four points in the second half. Uh, AD, AD. I want to talk about AD a little bit. It's easy to go to Max, and it's easy to go to all the other mistakes. But I'm I'm really wanting to understand something here. <laughs> 
Can someone ask Anthony Davis why he does this? Why does he look pedestrian in the first half and almost the entire time of the last game? And then in the third quarter of this game, look like a guy that was about to own the league again. I am puzzled by why this happens. I really want to know. What is going on in his head? What clicks to turn it on and then turn it off? Because it's not an accident that when he plays like that, the Lakers all of a sudden start clamping down on things. And boy, did Reeves go all out for those defensive rebounds toward the end of the game. You got to give him props. Yeah. For that is all we're asking. Probably folks. got some bruised ribs for falling yes, on the floor. Yes, that, that's what we're asking. We're asking for that kind of effort because that's what's that's what closed the game. You don't go all out on those things. Cleveland probably gets the ball, tips it back in, and then we're dealing with their with this constant BS of offensive rebounds costing us games. Uh Sean wasn't on playback, but I had mentioned how Sean, I mentioned the Lakers allow more uh, second chance points than any team in the league. Not a surprise, but I had a number t- attached to it. It was 18 points, a little over 18 points a game. And I had extrapolated the numbers. I said, if you are able to stop half of those, you probably win three more games. That's how crucial those offensive rebounds can be to your team in terms oh, of it's huge. negativity. It's huge. So they they tonight for the first time this season, I saw them go all out and getting those rebounds, and specifically Austin Reeves. And Austin Reeves has steadily gotten better and better every game. Uh, which I, I tried not to get on Austin too much again because I saw this already uh, last year. He, he might have just needed to get kind of ramped up a little bit, but the Lakers. God, I don't know, man. I I don't I don't know how to judge these games anymore. I I I, I maybe we need to just start enjoying the games. I, I I saw a problem tonight, Joe. I'm not sure if you heard me earlier. We we need to see Cam Reddish, Jared Vanderbilt, and Anthony Davis play together defensively before you really sink your teeth into the issues. And figure out if there really is a problem. That's that's the bugaboo. Is that Van Vanderbilt's close to coming back, Gerald? We keep hearing this. We keep and we and good for him for breaking us. I saw him breaking a sweat for once, Gerald. Uh, doing uh, progressing during his activity, but he needs to get back as soon as possible because yeah. you need to see Reddish, Vanderbilt, and AD together on the floor to figure out what else is because we know something is, is missing. Even if I think everything went well with, with um, the moves that we made in the end, there, there's still one or two issues that we, we we're going to have to remedy, but the, but the big one is to get everybody healthy and see what we have first. But I'll say this 10 and seven, you are two games out of, a top two seed in the West Gerald. You are also two games away from the top team in the NBA. That's the Boston Celtics. So as you know, 
as choppy as things have been, they could be a lot worse. And, you know, I'll take 10 and 7 right now. Still, there are games that we've left on the table, Magic Man. And I'm hoping that the Lakers can go ahead and rectify some of that. But then again, they're still going on the road, which has not been their friend. So hopefully we'll see better things as we head into Philly on Monday against Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, and the Philadelphia 76ers. Joe, I want to ask you this. When it comes to what the, you saw with the Lakers today, uh, you know, offensively, it was just a game that, you you know, you can't fault too much outside of LeBron. Going back to what we saw last year, one of nine from outside the arc, absolutely inefficient. But, you know, he tried to get to the hole and missed a lot of easy layups. Uh, still, even though the Lakers were up eight, it was just kind of scary. We've seen this act before. The Lakers go up eight late in the game and almost let the whole thing go away. But a lot of it was based on that terrible, terrible overturn of calling that we saw as Evan Mobley fouled. He legitimately fouled, put, had his hand on his back the whole way, yet the, the refs overturned it, my friend. That almost cost us the game. All that momentum that you always talk about was just you know, just wiped away just like that. I hate to be this guy, but it's something that uh, we have to discuss. I'm looking at the standings for both the West and the East. One through ten. You essentially have everyone playing almost looking like they're all playing the same way. They're all the records are all a couple games behind from 10 to 1. Are we witnessing what's going on in the NFL and the NBA? <laughs> I knew he was gonna say that, John. The new mediocrity, Joe. You brought up you brought it up at the perfect time. I actually did want to talk about it. I was looking at the standings when that was an awful overturn. Sean, Absolutely awful. It was awful, and and th- this is this is why Eric, the Eric Lewis situation was thrown under the rug, and the reason why these TV stations or the TV people won't market that or ask more questions about it is because they're worried about a billion dollar product telling them to go kick dirt, right? That's what it is. So there are no consequences for these guys being crooks, whether it's premeditated or not. There's no punishment. So what do they have to worry about unless they're doing something they're not supposed to do? We are supporting. I don't see it too much in college football. I've been watching a lot of college football the last couple of weeks, by the way. Watch the uh, Alabama game. Uh, amazing, by the Auburn way. choked it, and then of course the Michigan Ohio State game. I I don't I don't see it in those games. So now I'm starting to feel like this 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 professional side of things is starting to get a little weird. How is it that everything's so even and nice? We're supporting wrestling now. Now the problem with with that is we know wrestling is not. I don't want to say not real. It's not real. Let's just be honest. It's not real. Okay. It's it's a choreographed dance. But they're saying that football and basketball is real. And sometimes I'm watching the game. I'm like, is it? Um, and that might be what what's probably gnawing at us a little bit too, besides the fact that there's a very low IQ uh, execution going on in the NBA. 
just very, very low key, let low, low IQ. And it's, it's hard to watch. It's hard and to if watch. You, if, if you, if you can imagine this, imagine how dumbed down the AAU is if they get to this level and it's this bad. You see, and I thought the NBA wouldn't have this problem because the NBA has always been talent heavy, talent uh, primary. As it's a primary, the, it was the talent was always a primary. I, I'm, you can't say the coaches. Pool, the, there was never a shallow gene pool for correct. NBA talent. Correct, but here's here's what's happened in the very short amount of time. Usually, this takes 20, 30 years for whichever league. Does Phil Jackson? who was just a coach 12 years ago and almost became a coach again 10 years ago, would he be able to coach in today's game? He wouldn't. I don't think he could. Because you don't, you, you don't think young players would listen to him? No, they wouldn't. They would not listen to him at all. And not, if you needed- it, Joe, Joe, this isn't just a problem in basketball, and this isn't just a problem – in football, this is a problem in all four sports. Nobody wants to stand up to millionaire kids anymore. Because they're because that's their ticket to their own money. So, Gerald, when I talk to you about money and I get on you about principles above money, someone who has no money in my, my life, you can't sit there and say, well, you don't know anything, Joe. You're a trust fund baby. I wasn't. I had no money in my life once and I have money now. So I could speak on both sides. But at the end of the day, the reason why these things are what they are is because we have allowed principles to take a back seat to money. We talk about it all the time. Oh, well, you know, they're doing it for the money. Oh, well, they're doing it for the money. And we don't put any pressure on them. And then the second you put pressure on them, all of a sudden you get your media credentials taken away. You get your job taken away. It's a uh, I don't want to use a political word, but it's got a lot of socialistic and communistic type situations there. That's how you control the masses. So I don't know if that's, I don't know if it's going to take something big to break out of that again, because I don't see any legitimate journalists anymore. We see the Carissa Thompson's and things like that coming out and admitting their faults. And yet, we make a big deal out of it, even though and yet we, she's not even fired. She's not even let she's go. She's not fired. But what the hell have we been saying? What have Sean and I and you been saying for what two years now about these guys? What what it would? I mean, it's like coming out and saying, "Oh my God, we have high gas prices." Really? It's been like this for fifteen years. So. Why? Because some oil guy came out and said, hey, we did this on purpose. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Dude, we, we already know this. <laughs> so uh, I'm with you on that one, uh, TTW. <laughs> I'm curious to see. Do you know what that what... phrase? Do you know what that phrase means? What? TTW. No, I do not. Okay. I'll explain it to you afterwards. Please do. Yes. The um, I'm actually curious to see what happens when our show becomes a little bit more mainstream. I really, really, I think that might be the most motivating part about the show because I, again, you guys have heard me say this before. I don't like listening to myself. I, I I'm surprised people like to listen. 
to what I say. I can't stand it. But yet, yet you've also been quoted as saying, "I only listen to myself." That's true. That's true. Which is why I work alone. So the thing is, I want to see what happens when the noise gets loud again. I don't know when that's going to be. I'm, I'm excited about it. Once again, the Lakers do win. I, I, had to put a, I had to put it simply there. I don't want to go too far. Like a dramatic pause. So I put in there as far as that they do win 121 to 115. Uh, the Lakers go to 10 and 7. Uh, right now in the Western Conference, they are back up to seventh in the Western Conference, just a half game behind. Well, actually, they're technically the same record tied with Sacramento Kings, and they are one half game behind the Phoenix Suns in the Pacific Division. So Magic Man, again, it's about consistency with the Lakers not having much this season. One day they're good. One day they're not so good. Uh, there's some tendencies we see that are underlining. One of the things I did not like to see as far as the coach, and I really don't want to go ahead and be too hard on Ham for a game that we won, but one of the things I did not like to see was Christian Wood really got it going early, hit two threes in a row. All of a sudden, next thing you do is you find him on the bench. Now, mind you, Jackson Hayes continued to play well because he was left out there, but you could see it threw off Wood's entire rhythm for the rest of the game. I, you know, I don't want to really go hard on, on as far as Darvin Ham and the way he coached, because there was certain aspects of what he brought in. Obviously, uh, the way he prioritized Max Christie to go ahead and, and play up on Mitchell for most of the game, obviously, was something that was good. Uh, defensively, though, he just never found an answer for the interior, and it just continues like a layup drill time and time again there. So obviously, that's something Lakers have to work on. But Again, just kind of irritating to see when you have a player in rhythm like that, you take them out. They got away with it today, but when you got a, a guy like Wood, who is just like right now in and out as far as what you get on a game-to-game basis, it really would be nice to go ahead and just keep him going and keep him in the flow throughout the whole entire game. Yeah, Gerald, uh, I really thought he was a mismatch. Rodell, when it's 121-15, to 15, how many people were good on that end of the floor? Outside of your good friend Max Christie, really only Anthony Davis. That was it. Those well, two he guys. had a lot of he had a lot of chances to block some shots, and he, he also down. he yeah that no that's true, Gerald. But you know what? He actually he picked his spots. He didn't let Mobley or Allen control the offensive glass. He did his yeah. job there. Uh, but you're right. He had he did it. He did have some opportunities. He kind of. Let's slip by, but I, I, for the most part, I thought both of those two guys were the most consistent. And yeah, I mean, it's it's an issue, of course. That 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 was his bread and butter. Um, we're talking about him here. That was the bread and butter he came into this job with was a no nonsense defensive first head coach, and good on him, Gerald. Tonight he made a really good adjustment. We were getting killed. Between the top of the key and the nail, they were just pounding us. And Dallas pounded us there. And Sacramento has killed us between the top of the key and the nail. I mean, he's trying. I can understand now, just after that epiphany, just watching it, that he really is handcuffed. If he doesn't have Cam Reddish and he doesn't have Jared Vanderbilt and he doesn't have Rui Hashimura, it's tough. Those are th- you're probably three best point of attack 
uh, defenders, and they're all out, plus another rotational player. So you're missing four rotational players. It came. This road trip kind of came at a good time too, Gerald, because as you said, the Cavs are struggling, um, and they still put up 115 points. Uh, I mean, n- normally they shouldn't be able to put up that much. They're because they're one of the worst offensive teams. They are. They're not even a mid offense. They're one of the worst offenses in the NBA. I mean, we're mid. We're mid, and we scored 120 on a really good defensive team. So I, I'm I'm with Gerald. I, I thought the Lakers should have pulled away even even quicker than they did. So how did it feel to you, Magic, when the Lakers were up eight late in the game, and you could just tell? You could just tell. We've seen this rodeo before, like I mentioned earlier, where you know they get up late, and it's just a, such a killer. Something always happens where they just that lead goes away. And actually Joe said this several times during on playback, several times the Lakers gave up 11 to 10, nothing, eight, nothing runs that just absolutely are killers. Mind you that last really great scoring burst by Cleveland was facilitated by that terrible overturn on that call by the refs. But still, man, that's gotta be a killer. The Lakers are just giving up in batches like super quickly tonight. And it was just very frustrating to see. 100% chilled. And, uh, you know, as a juxtaposition for that, uh, Ham has a completely different uh, philosophy when it comes to calling these timeouts at crucial moments in the playoffs versus the regular season. If you pay attention, next few games, just mental notes, because I've made them. Ham will not call a timeout unless the Lakers give up Anything more than a double-digit run, 8-0, 9-2, nothing like that he will call timeout for. But 11-2, 12-4, 15-6, yes, he will call timeout there, Gerald. Befuddles me, don't quite understand it. At times, those stretches, the game gets away from us, Gerald. You know, we're up five, and then there's an 11-2 run. We're down by four all of a sudden. Come out of the come out of the timeout, as Joe has said previously. What kind of play does Ham run? A half-assed curl, or you know, some kind of five-out motion offense where LeBron or Austin Reeves shoot or Jackson Hayes arm three in the corner. What? Jackson- what was that? Yeah, what was that about? What, what was he doing there? That that couldn't have been a coaching decision. Please, to God. It could have been a coaching decision, but alas, it probably was. But the, I mean, we're not rambling here, but we're Gerald ten and seven is is a good stretch, but we're not quite the overreacting crowd that we were, you know, about ten days ago. This is true, and again, you know, offensively, it was a good performance, Joe, outside of LeBron. Uh, you know. I wish they would cut down the stupid turnovers from time to time. It's just some careless turnovers. Like when Max Christie just couldn't even handle the ball off to Austin Reeves and Austin Reeves a little bit careless with the ball yet again. But outside of that, again, when it comes to it offensively, very efficient at times when you saw them, Joe head to the basket movement on offense. When we saw them do that, Joe, good things happened, Didn't it? I have a, I have a question. <clears throat> Does anyone know what's going on with this team? Like, 
practice and philosophy and things like that. Uh, I'm, I don't hear anything out of the Jarn Ireland area. I don't hear anything from Mike Trudell. The only time I hear Mike Trudell is when he's asking questions post game or doing his sideline thing. I don't hear any questions about Darwin. Do you use an analytical sheet to set up your lineups? Are you using that every five minutes, 12 minutes quarter to decide who you want in and out of that lineup? I wouldn't think he'd get balked at for that. Would he? Would they? These are the questions we need to find out. Why are you taking guys out randomly when they're either playing well or matchups don't work? It has to be something being written down and he's doing because it's either that or he's stupid. Do you guys think Darvin Ham is stupid? No. I don't think he's stupid. So it's got to be something that's predetermined because it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't look like there's a feel for the game of the momentum of the game. There isn't a time where he's looking at the refs and going, and I don't think it's, I don't, it's not just Darvin Hemp. Do you guys see the, the, any coaches really get on these refs anymore? I remember it used to be too much. I know We're Malone like, did the other day in Detroit, uh, but it's it's not as much as it used to yeah, be. It's, it's, it's it's fired, uh, it's similar, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's similar. Fine for it. Yeah, yeah, it's similar. It's it's similar to baseball where you have lifeless managers that don't really react to anything. We the the, the sports is becoming automated. It's it's becoming a predetermined automation, and the people are now the automated subjects. This, it's just one after another. So I don't I don't know what's going on because all I see on Spectrum is three clowns on there uh, and, and Allie Clifton. Allie Clifton is the only one that actually dresses like a normal person and actually sounds like she knows what she's talking about. Sorry, James Worthy. I, I love you, big game, James, but uh, you, you mail in your, your, your work pretty much 90% of the time. I mean, I don't even know if he really watches the games a lot of times. You got Robert Ori there, love Robert too, but I don't really know if he's watching the games either the way we are. And then you got Geeter who's has his tongue uh, surgically up any Lakers rear end in, in any positive way, never any ne- any negative. They could score zero points and he'll still talk good about him. So I don't know what I don't know what's going on other than what I'm seeing. Why are why is this team so undisciplined? Well, everybody in the league is undisciplined. Jesus Christ, I can't believe we watch this sport then, man. It's it's frustrating to watch ineptness. Is that even a word? Yes. Okay, so I just it's 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 very hard, guys. It's very hard because it doesn't make sense. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. You don't have to pull up for a three eight times in a game for no reason. And how many times are you going to do a bounce pass in traffic when everyone's already clogging the paint? How many times are you going to do that? Think you can thread the needle every single time? The the whole point of threading the needle is that, you know, Brett Favre. It doesn't happen very often. Brett Favre probably lost one or two Super Bowls because of that. Now, some will say, well, He's the gunslinger. That's what made Brett Favre. 
True. But why don't you do what Patrick Mahomes does? Patrick Mahomes is the same way, but he's still a little tighter. Improve. Get better at that. If you're going to thread the needle, make sure you recognize it faster. Just like Tom Brady, right? His seam routes are going to get got better as he became more prepared for it, right? Uh, Five-yard outs, 10-yard outs to Welker and Edelman and all these all these time perfect day you know he made it look easy right he made it look easy well we don't really have any true point guards anymore in the nba do we there's true one there's guards. two there's there's two trey young's a true point guard trey okay. young's still the best facilitator in the nba uh and then i would say joe i i do think halliburton i call him a true shoot uh true point guard at this point but those would probably be the top tier that's top shelf right now in the nba okay. And that, two, and that's, that's pretty. That's sad comment. That's a sad commentary too, by the way. Only two. So what I've gotten from that is we're not going to see the beautiful game that we we grew up watching anymore. Now here's the thing: a true point guard, a true passing point guard. If you look at this, the past, other than Magic Johnson, they actually don't win championships very often. It's actually dif- more difficult. Chris Paul, Steve Nash. Jason Kidd. Granted, Jason Kidd won a title, but that was towards the end of his seat, his year, you know. Of the sensational seven, we talk about it. The 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 seven players with over ten thousand assists. Joe's right. It's, Mark it's, Jackson. I mean, you could say Rondo is a true point guard that won, but you don't see a dominance. He was, like cons- you- he was considered the fourth best player on that team at best. Right. Right. And I I've said this before. I'm 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 thankful that that <laughs> I'm thankful that ten years later Rondo decided to get a jump shot because <laughs> the same guy that allowed us to win in ten without a jump shot helped us win a title a decade later with the jump shot. <laughs> I just, I just thought that was an, a, a hilarious coincidence or fortune, I should say. So, yeah, the, the, the point guard is, at this point, because of that, I believe there, that's why there isn't one. And, and sorry, Steph Curry, I, I, don't, I, just, I can't look at you as a point guard. I know you're probably one of the greatest at handling the ball. No argument there. I could even say top three of all time next to Kyrie and, and AI. Uh, in terms of ball handling. Uh, but you're a shooting guard, brother. I mean, if there was a shooting guard that God made, his name was Steph Curry, right? A shooting guard. Oh, if, if, <laughs> if, if, you, if, you, trans- if you transported Steph Curry back to the 71-72 season, he's Gail Goodrich. You're not Jerry West, bro. You're Absolutely. Gail Goodrich. Definitely. And we're, we're witnessing a... Mike D'Antoni on everyone's on steroids league now. They're trying to get that ball in that hoop ASAP. And they're taking ill-advised shots. They're threading the needle. They're getting to certain spots. Heck, even on, on, on fast breaks, it takes too long to get the layup. They throw it out to the three and hope they make the shot. I guess this is the most efficient, skilled, heavy culture now. Apparently, 
if anyone runs a standard offense, are they going to not score as much? Is that the deal? I guess it is. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, the Lakers win 121-115 to at Cleveland. The next game is on Monday in Philadelphia, but also as well tomorrow, 10 a.m., the Lakerholics are back. Well, at least one half of the Lakerholics, as Laker Tom will stop by for us right there for you. Magic Man, when it comes to the Lakers, uh, this is something hopefully we can start the momentum on a good road trip. Uh, I know last road trip we had, or last time we had a four-game road trip, didn't start off so well for us in Florida. This time around in Ohio, started off well despite LeBron having a terrible game. I'm hoping that AD, we talk about Max and what a confidence booster this could be for him. Also as well for AD, this is something he should take going forward and be able to say, you know what, he always says all the stuff in in the after game, you know, in the locker room, always talks about this and that and always says the right thing, but it never follows through, follows through on it. This is a time where he goes ahead, you know what, he played well in that second half and he needs to take that going forward in a matchup against Joel Embiid. 100% Joe. Um, you know, I, you know, Joe, Joe brought up, you know, in a very, very interesting kind of um, anecdote about Anthony Davis and how somehow he wasn't willing to get up for Demonis Sabonis, Gerald, even though those two guys are neck and neck trying to, trying to uh, catch Jokic for the rebounding title this year. He didn't get up for him, but he'll get up for Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. And now, all due respect, very good players, but you're just not at the caliber of center that Dom is. Dom's an all-star. He gets potential to be an all-NBA player. You don't get up for him. You get up for another tier, tier of big men. That's an interesting question. Joe, unfortunately, we're the only people who would have the you know what to ask it because I think it's 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 important. It's important because I talked about that the nail defense and protecting the nail and how bad it's been at times and in this game for two and a half quarters. Anthony Davis is kind of responsible for that from last year in the playoffs, Gerald. So I mean, if there's if there's somebody here who who's who's kind of is fitting a 10 and 7 Lakers season. It's emblematic VD's play. Up three games, down the next two. Up for four, down for two. Up for five, down for another one. It's up and down. Absolutely. And and you know, that's what you have. Joe said this the other day. You know, they're basically or essentially a 500 team are playing like that. 
right around there because that's what we're seeing. One game good, the next game not so good. So you don't know what to expect, especially as the Lakers head into Philadelphia playing against the Philadelphia 76ers. Go ahead, Magic Man. Oh, thank you, Gerald. Yeah, um, I didn't. I was waiting for you to finish. Um, Gerald, there are three teams in the NBA right now shooting over 43s a game. Do you two gentlemen care to guess which three teams those are? Based on their style of play and in combination with winning. All right, I'll give you a, a, a that's a little bit of a hint. Celtics, Rockets, Warriors. You got one, Joe. Yep. Gerald, who do you think the other two are? Uh, Celtics, Timberwolves, Nuggets. Close. No, it's actually the Mavs and the Kings. Mm. All three teams are averaging over uh, 43 point attempts. Now, it's interesting Joe brought that up. In 2019, the most, uh, the average was 29 threes taken in the league. And three years ago, Joe, it got bumped up to 32. Now we're up to. 35 which is a huge a huge uh steep incline because you've went from and we talked about this on a previous show and 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 uh everyone's seen the stats joe made the point that three point attempts haven't really gone up dramatically up until about 2014 2015 and then they've skyrocketed, Go- going from 28 to 40, like in less than 10 years. Impressive. So the question now is, will the NBA in a decade have to change this three-point line? And if they did that, they'd have to widen the court because they can't extend that the edges – anymore at the, at this point which means in order to make the game more competitive and or a little bit more exciting what joe's saying is they're going to have to sacrifice money right because they have to remove those seats mm-hmm. Won't do a that. lot of money well they'll have to build this and joe's shaking the next... his head no as soon as they'll as have to build as the as arenas Gerald's larger. right as soon as they read how much money they'd have to they'd have to fork over or lose uh, let's say forget about it. Throw that thing in the in the trash where you found it. I mean, why would you still want to extend the three point line? Because they don't hit it at a consistent rate in the first place. Yeah, he's it's to deter right them. It's that. to deter them from shooting as much, so that they we can see more fundamental basketball. But so the AB, so it's interesting, right? Yeah, but the then NBA, they just go to long. The 20- NBA implemented that three point line in nineteen seventy nine eighty, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that's 21, almost 45 years. And at that time, as you know, that it was basically used as kind of a weapon, Gerald. It wasn't, it was more of a gimmick rather than say an offensive philosophy. And Joe, you'll know, you'll know this as well. The ABA also introduced a three point line, but their, their three point attempts actually didn't go up. They, they, Stayed relatively the same way. 
Now, what does that speak to? Well, it speaks to the fact that they were both up and down games, but there was a point in time where the ABA was more popular. Uh, well, for for those who want to know about that, there's two leagues that, that had competition against the NBA and the NFL. And the reason why they merged was because they were a threat. And that was the easiest way to keep them from disrupting the status quo. The AFL, once they got Joe Namath, scared the bejesus out of the NFL because they knew what Joe Namath was going to do. They knew how much how popular he was. And as far as the ABA, they had Dr. J. And not only was Dr. J good, he was winning there. And that wasn't going to work either. So merging those two was – and they merged them quick. You know, those leagues didn't stay too long, I believe. Oh, of course, was- of course. Before Al Davis went to sleep, all of a sudden he woke up and he got a phone call that said Tech Shram and Lamar Hunt made a deal. Correct. And, and of After course- Lamar Hunt begged Al Davis to be the AFL commissioner, he literally got on his knees and begged him. Well, I believe I believe that might have been a tactical move on on his part to lull Al Davis into a false sense of security. If that's it, pretty brilliant, if that's true, <laughs> I'm serious because because that's I mean, brilliant. You're you you got this guy who had enough fear to in, in, inflict. Al Davis is their commissioner. We are. And then the moment they're like, all right, he went to sleep. All right, make the deal. Make the deal. We got what we need from Al. They're scared now. It was Joe, a tactical move. If you, if we'll, we'll, you know what? You may be honest something because the Raiders never made a move with the Cowboys until Jerry Jones took over as owner. I love that you brought this up. This is my this is my thing. This is exactly go. how this works. So for those of you who want to learn something here, again, I would never do a TED Talk or anything, so it's nice to be able to do it here. Um, when you want to get leverage on something, the smartest thing to do is to create fear that you might be a problem. And then the second you have that, they're paying attention to that problem, that fear, so much. You go around, and it doesn't have to be some scam. It's not a scam. It's let's use Kawhi Leonard's situation when he was looking to sign with the Lakers or whomever, right? If you take away the fandom, if you take away the feelings on this, the way he set that up, his uncle did it, he did it, I don't care who did it, was beautiful when it when you write when you look at the, the, the business 101. He kept the Lakers just sucking on the teeth long enough to where he's like, okay, I'm gonna reel these guys in a little bit, make them think that I'm actually gonna be there. And for all we know. He might have come anyways, right? Like he used that as leverage for the Clippers, got who we wanted. Then he's like, look, here's what's going to happen. I have a good feeling. I don't want to go play with LeBron. I don't want to be LeBron's sidekick. I want my own team. Totally get it. I understand. 
But here's what we're going to do. We're going to weaken them by keeping them on the on, on the reel. Okay? We're going to weaken them, and then I'm going to go talk to the Clippers. I know they're desperate. I know they need me. It's very likely they're going to make a deal here for whatever I say. And not only do we get what we want from every facet, I get the player I want. I go to an L.A. team where I can be in L.A., but not be in the shadow of, uh, of LeBron. And I weaken them because now we reel them in so long they can't go and sign anybody else. They couldn't go focus on a Jimmy Butler maybe that that summer or anybody else. When when we talk about the early owners, especially in the NFL, the early owners had so much knowledge then and so much principles. It, it, it's a there's a reason why. And again, Pete Rozelle played a huge part in that as well. You can't forget that. It was such a such a dynamic group that that made football take over baseball in the '60s, and it, and it hasn't stopped since. And then, as far as the NBA, the NBA was why it's a a talent driven league. The, the The league was dying in the '70s, and you had two of the most popular athletes in the country, in Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain, coming out of the '60s. And then you had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The problem with uh, Kareem, he did kind of make people mad because of his uh, outside-the-court stuff. But he was still a very popular guy. I mean, the guy was in a movie with Bruce Lee, made a funny movie. Like, he was a very famous guy. He almost, beat, he almost beat Bruce yes, Lee. Yes, He almost beat Bruce Lee. And, and But yet, you know, you, your league was they were saying was going to go down, which I don't know if I necessarily believe that was ever going to happen because the league had been around way too long for it to die, but that's a story for another day. So with that, we want to get back to the, the subject at hand here. Again, we're, the, 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 the mental part of all this is, I mean, I feel like there was so much more at a time when we didn't have as much information and as much resources yet we've kind of dumbed ourselves down and dumbed up dumbed up things uh to the point where you're like do you, like do you even like read a basic book do you even do a little research don't look like it once again it is the lakers fast break it is the lakers winning 121 and 115 do not forget please do not forget the awesome supplement that magic man has been trying out it is called, quite coincidentally, Magic Mind. Go ahead and look at it today on magicmind.com. And if you like what you see, because you know they say if you use it like Magic Man's already using it, it can crush procrastination, brain fog, and boost your motivation and focus. It has a lot of great ingredients in it. It's gluten-free, keto-friendly, BPA-free, paleo-friendly. No nuts, vegan friendly. It's really tasty, according to Magic Man. It's really good for you, supposedly. Maybe, could be, might be. It really help a lot in a lot of ways, according to Magic. So go ahead and check out today and see if it's something that you might like and might be interested in. And if you decide to buy a 15 or 30 bottle set, go ahead and put in the code LAKERS20. That's right, LAKERS20, and you'll get 20% off your order today at Magic Mind. All right, guys. Great show. Uh, thank you so much. Big shout out to Laker Nick for hosting the pregame with me and also playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break and Joe Sorrell, who was there throughout. 
Uh, wasn't the prettiest thing in the world for us to see, especially with the, he's having magic mind now. He's having more magic mind now for more brain focus. Maybe Joe could use a little bit more brain focus. There's um, there's a blackberry current. That's what I'm tasting. It's yes. pretty good. It, it is clipper free too, according it's to what I see. In the notes. Yeah, it's clipper free. I can tell you that for sure. So yes. Absolutely. And my mind's so focused right now, Gerald. I know that Rashawn Holmes isn't the answer for the Mavs at center. <laughs> Derek Lively, two years in the future, may be that answer, but not right now, not just yet. Coolbro uh, uh, says, Joe, you just got roasted by Joe. No, nah, that was kind of tame. I wasn't trying to roast him too hard. Yeah. Because then he just gets mad, he gets ornery, and just spends the whole day, rest of the day, trying focused. Speaking of focus, I'm trying to go ahead and do a comeback. So I want to just go ahead. We're on good terms today. He's been really awesome today on playback. See, see, you get, you see what you started, cool bro. He's doing his little stuff again. Yeah, whatever. He's so mature. Joe never, never graduated out of grade school. Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> you know, you could buy them. I'll just let you know. Yeah, you can. You can't you buy them. To, don't they sell those at Spencer's gifts? Oh, I'm glad you know. I'm glad you can really do your calligraphy real well there, Joe. Yes, the forgery, it really helps. You're on mute. You've been on, on mute, mute this whole time. He's been on mute the whole time in university <laughs> education. That's why I thought you were mocking because you were due on mute the whole time. Uh, we love you, Joe, and the crowd does too, obviously. Remember, I'm just the guy in the background. You guys are in the foreground. I'm the one that's supposed to be relegated to the background right here at the Lakers fast break, according to what you guys said. So, you but see I will. Still here? Yes, yeah, we saw it. Ox, Ox nineteen forty seven indeed. No, no one will dispute that on you. So mm-hmm. cool, no, bro. I've, I'm I've, glad infotainment. I've seen some of the pictures. The man is telling the truth. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad we're entertaining you guys out there. I, I, there's been some embellishments in my life, but I've because you can get caught up in telling stories, and a lot of times they're like, wait a minute, I, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't overflate and overinflate this in case they do their homework. Which oh, you're, you, Joe, you're you're a lot smarter than Carissa Thompson. Well, look, look. Here's the thing. I, 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 I my, my, admit that my Stop. buddy, my buddy Jesse, he didn't believe me when I said I put someone in the torture rack. You know, Lex Luger's finishing home, yeah. and he thought I was full of crap. I'm like, oh, oh okay. No. I, I love took, how they call it a backbreaker, and it's actually you're you got the guy, and it's the ribs that are actually you know. And, and again, this wasn't a small guy. This was a this was a big guy. <laughs> so when we had a uh, we had a we used to have an annual cave party at the fraternity house. One of the things I did was I put him in the torture rack. I didn't obviously squeeze. I just put him in the in the in my back, and we took a picture. It was a it was a landscape picture, so you could see everything. And I had the whole look, and I was doing this. And he looked at the picture, and it was, it was one of those looks because I wanted to see what he. People, no one, people talk, but once in a while, people will come out with some evidence, right? So I showed him the picture. I was like, dude, when I tell you I did, you need to believe me. 
I go, my whole philosophy in life is to tell the truth. The only people I lie to are people that call the, you know, telemarketers. Like, that's it. Lying is a waste of of time. I said, dude, there you go. There you go. So just believe believe me when I say it, when I say things. Just believe me because I'm not going to lie. I have no reason to lie. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 121. By the way, do I watch Carissa Thompson? I'm not going to lie. I do. And uh, I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care. She <laughs> That's for another show. Hey, I, I wanted to prove it even more. <laughs> cool, bro. Yes. You sent us down the dark path, indeed. But once Thank you for do doing it. that. Thank you, because, again, I want that to be clear. It is crystal. All hail crystal. Crystal. Yes. <laughs> Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 121 to 115. They now are 10 and 7 on the year. Again, they're essentially in a tie with the Sacramento Kings and a half game behind the Phoenix Suns in the Pacific Division. We'll see you tomorrow with the Lakerholics, Laker Tom. You know, he's got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. I'll just, you know, have whole bunch of trade proposals i'm sure as well want to trade half the team already like you know most of you guys out there but we'll see what happens when he stops by for lakerholic spotlight also as well on monday don't forget the pregame playback.tv slash lakers fast break for of course the game against philadelphia that's on monday and then of course the best post game in town right here and please again if you're interested in magic mind you saw magic use it during the show it really, uh, you know, he's been talking a lot of stuff off camera about this, been raving it really hard. It's about Magic Mind. MagicMind.com. Go ahead, check it out. And if it's something that you might be interested in, just use the code LAKERS20 right there and check out. Type that code in and you get 20% off your order on a 15 or 30 bottle order today. Thanks so much again for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with the Lakerholics, or at least one half of which, Laker Tom, of course. Uh, Jamie is camping somewhere. Yeah, he's an outdoor guy. He's doing his outdoorsy thing. So, voluntarily living like a homeless person is what. Well, you've called him a hippie before, so that's not much of a stretch. Well, I've, I've, you know, there's been, you know, hey, we're gonna go camping. Want to go? No. Rodell, if you're the right person, he'll trade Christian Wood as well. I can't take that line, though. That was my friend Robert who said that line. That cracked me up. Darren, Rodell, Blue Magic, bro. Those things don't mess around. Adam, Alan, Hassan, Tears of Joy, Darren, of course, everybody. That was a great part of what we do. Thank you again for the super chat. I I don't think Joe could take a bear. I think. I'd give him a shot against the mountain lion, though. Okay. <sighs> Joe versus the mountain lion. Joe yeah. Okay. I don't know what I would do with a mountain lion. I, I, the first instinct I have is put my arm. But they're very agile. Yeah. Like... It would be to get my arm here, but then I'm losing my my arm. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to get hit in the face. Bear. Might as well. Uh, what is it? The uh, Run downhill or something? No, that's that's with bears, and you're supposed to run like 
around, weaving. Bears bears only run up or like sideways. They can't. Here's a beautiful thing about me, Sean, about that. First of all, I don't go in the woods. I know you don't. So don't I know worry you there don't. about the bears. Now, mountain mountain cat for sure. There there could be a chance here. There's a lot of a lot of hills here, and there's a lot of sightings of mountain cats. I I got to be honest, Joe. There was an article that came out in the paper last week that says uh, bear encroaching has increased in California by I think it was about 112 percent over the past six years. I'd be interested in seeing why. Is it more more dumb nuts feeding these things? I would probably so, say that's correct. More people camping. Oh. Hey, there's honey, a lot more guys. I, let's let's pull out. Let's pull over. And eat my bear there's bear a lot stuff. of people living out of their cars now willingly. I'm not talking about bums either. I'm talking about people who are like, look, we want to travel. We're overlanders now, so it makes sense. Oh, my, I'm my not buddy a business in that world with recovery bags and high-end bags. It's a big business now because Bear there's a lot of people. Zero. Alan, we were we were we were in Red Deer, Alberta. We're, <laughs> we're hunting. We're in a blind. My friend Terry decides he's going to go down and take a take a leak. Halfway down. We see a group of Kodiak bears walking our way. You know what Terry did, Alan? He got up so fast, I didn't even know what to say. And that was after the park rangers told us, ah, don't worry about it, guys. There's no bears out here. We haven't spotted any bears out here for about two weeks. Thanks. Thanks. At least you didn't meet up with the cocaine bear. Oh, my God. I still, I still haven't seen that movie. I, I gotta watch that. that movie. Yeah, I didn't. I, That's hilarious. It's I, a, I know it's really Otis' last film, so I I kind of want to delay watching it as long as possible because it's sad thinking about that Ray's last role. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win one twenty one to one fifteen. We'll be back tomorrow for the Lakerholic Spotlight. You know, Laker Tom is gonna talk up a storm, and I'll have to hear about it. I'm waiting for it, waiting for the crazy trades that he might come along with it. But you know what? We're always glad to have him aboard, and we're also glad to have Sean, and of course, Joe Sorrell. So glad to have those guys with us. And of course, we're glad to have you, most of all, here with us at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.